This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, on this fifth Sunday of Lent, we continue our meditation on these magnificent stories from the Gospel of John. Two weeks ago, we looked at the story of the woman at the well. Someone caught in the rhythm of concupiscent desire. She wants God, but she's seeking for God somewhere else. Jesus says to her, I'm going to give you living water. He is the living water that alone will satisfy. Last week, we saw that great story of the man born blind. Well, that's all of us. We're born in the blindness of sin. We don't see as God sees. Jesus says to him, I am the light of the world. You want to see aright, then be grafted onto me. Remember, he puts the mud paste on his eyes. He salves him. Then he washes him in the pool. Well, that's the pool of baptism. Through the church, joining with the light and life of Christ, we are able to see. Well, now, these stories in John's Gospel and in the church's Lenten meditation move toward a kind of crescendo. He's a living water. He's the light. Now we have the greatest of the I am statements in the story of the raising of Lazarus. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Nothing richer, nothing more powerful, no greater self-identification offered by Jesus ever. What is our God interested in? Life. I've quoted many times before, it's one of my favorite quotations from the whole tradition, St. Irenaeus of Lyon, who said, Gloria Dei Homo Vivens, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. I've often said, all of Christianity can be summed up in that little phrase. God's glory, what gives God happiness, glory, is that we are fully alive. What's the converse of that? What saddens the heart of God? What saddens the heart of God is when we allow death to reign in us at any level. I mean that physically. I mean it psychologically. I mean it spiritually. When death reigns in us, God is grieved. You know, it's terrific in the first reading from our uh, readings for today. I can't really dwell on it because the Lazarus is so rich, but it's a line from uh, uh, the book of the prophet Ezekiel. God speaking through Ezekiel says, I will open your graves and have you rise from them. That's another summary statement of what our God is about. Listen, whatever grave you're in, it's a hatred that you can't get rid of. It's a resentment. It's a jealousy. It's an inability to forgive. Whatever is limiting your life, think of you know, lying in a grave. There's no place to move. 
You're constricted, constrained, tied up. And God says, from your graves I will have you rise. He's not interested in the ways of death. He's interested in the ways of life. Jesus now, the very Logos of God incarnate, speaks this truth. I am the resurrection and the life. You know, there are three people that Jesus raises from the dead in the Gospels. The first one is the daughter of Jairus. Remember the little girl, the father sends his messengers and says, could you come and help my daughter? Then she dies while Jesus is on the way, but he raises her from the dead. The second person he raises is the son of the widow of Naim, the young man being brought out, and Jesus sees the mother weeping, and he raises her son from the dead. The third is Lazarus. I want to offer you St. Augustine's meditation on this because I find it very rich. Augustine knows that the gospel operates at many levels. It is a factual description. Jesus really did raise these people from the dead physically. But Augustine knows the gospel writer is also communicating a deep spiritual truth as he meditates on each of these acts. What does that little girl whom Jesus raises from the dead symbolize? Augustine says she stands for a spiritual death a sin, a spiritual dysfunction, which remains inside. Notice she dies in the house. Are there spiritual deaths that remain locked up in our minds and hearts? They haven't expressed themselves yet in action, and that's good. But yet they're poisoning us on the inside. Those resentments, those old grudges. I just can't stand that person. What she did to me, I'm so angry about it. And these don't get expressed in words or actions, good, but they are festering, as it were, on the inside, poisoning my thoughts and my will and my imagination. Augustine says, the little girl, the daughter of Jairus, stands for that kind of death, that kind of spiritual death. Can we sometimes hide, yes, even from God, by saying, well, Lord, I'm a good person. I don't do a lot of evil things, so I, I must be fine. Jesus is not put off by that. Rather, he wants to go in, yes, even to those inner spaces, deeper than our actions. And he wants to bring those back to life. He wants to heal us of that spiritual death. How about the second case, the son of the widow of Naim? Young man who's died, and now he's being carried outside the house on the way to the cemetery. Whom does he stand for? Augustine says he expresses that spiritual death, that sin, which has come out from the heart and the mind and has begun to express itself in action. So that resentment of mine, that anger of mine, I've begun to express it now. It's coming out in my words. It's coming out in my gestures, my acts. It's a more intense sort of spiritual death. Well, Jesus approaches this person and raises him from death. You know, during Lent, the church urges us to do a searching moral inventory. Lord, where is there spiritual rot inside my own heart and mind? 
Christ wants to address that. Second question, Lord, has that spiritual rot on the inside begun to express itself in my actions? Christ wants to address that too. Now, still following Augustine, the third person that Jesus raises from the dead, our friend Lazarus. Lazarus has been carried out of the house. He's been placed in a tomb. And by the time Jesus gets there, he's been four days in the tomb. And of course, his sister famously says, when Jesus instructs them to roll away the stone, she says, Lord, surely there'll be a stench. How does St. Augustine read this? Lazarus in his grave stands for that evil, that spiritual death, which has not only come out of the heart into action, but has now established itself as an habitual part of my life. Now my anger, my hatred, my violence has come out and has become such a part of my life, so established, such a part of my activity, that, listen now, I have begun to stink which is to say, I've begun to affect a lot of people around me. My own spiritual death is not just my problem now. It is that. But now it's become the problem of a lot of other people because it's gone out in a very settled way. In other words, Augustine says, Lazarus symbolizes here the worst kind of sin. Again, how good for Lent that we look at each one of these types of spiritual death the interior, the exterior, and call it the, the, the stinkiest part of my moral life, the stinkiest part, that which is affecting most people around me. Now, what's at the heart of this story? That Jesus comes, yes, even to the grave of Lazarus, and he brings him back to life. Jesus goes, yes, even into this furthest, smelliest, most disagreeable state, and there invites us back to life. You know, one of the saddest things I've ever heard as a priest, and I've heard it a couple times in my priesthood, is this. Father, believe me, what I've done is so bad that God can't forgive me. Father, don't talk to me about confession, because it's just too much. What are they witnessing to? Well, maybe they're in this situation. Maybe they realize that their spiritual death has become so complete, so rotten, that I'm beyond the reach of God. This gospel story is saying, false, wrong. Nobody, nobody, not even those who are confirmed in evil, are beyond the reach of God of the forgiving power of Christ. He goes even into those darkest places to find us and bring us out. Look at some of the details. They're just beautiful in this story. Jesus approaches the tomb and he groans. How rich that here's the Son of God made flesh and he groans as he approaches the tomb. What does that stand for? Augustine says it's, it's God's deep pain at our dysfunction. If the glory of God is a human being fully alive, 
What does God hate when we've backed ourselves into a death-like corner? When we don't flourish, we can't flourish. And so God in Christ groans in a sort of deep sympathy and a deep desire to get us out of that situation. Secondly, and it's one of the most poignant passages in the whole Bible. It's expressed, by the way, in one biblical verse. And Jesus wept. God, this is God. God weeping for us in our sin. Look, Christians, it breaks God's heart when we aren't fully alive. God is not weeping here in anger so much. He's not groaning because he's so angry with us. He's groaning and weeping because we're not alive, and he wants us alive. In this season of Lent, as we all look in and out at our sin, can we also hear the Lord himself groaning? Can we see him weeping as he realizes that we are not as alive as he wants us to be? What's the command then? Take away the stone. The stone. Lazarus is in his grave. And they've rolled the stone across the front. The finality of death, the finality of spiritual death, what a lot of people feel. I'm stuck. I'm in the darkness. It's despair. It's anguish. It's my inability to extricate myself from whatever situation I'm in. I am in the tomb, and there's a stone rolled across it. Nobody can help me. You see, this is Jesus addressing the deepest spiritual problem. Roll it away. His power is greater than any power of sin. That's the good news. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Imagine now at the end of this Lenten season, the Lord Jesus naming you calling your name, even when you feel you're in the darkest corner, and saying, come out. He wants you fully alive, for that is his glory. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that, together, we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360. Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.